today from the Holy Gospel of St. Luke in chapter 14. Jesus tells the parable of the Great Supper. In the parable of the Great Supper, he says, we have a man. A man who gave a great supper and he invited many to come in and enjoy that supper. When all was ready, he sent his servant to those he'd already invited to let them know the supper is ready. Come in and dine. And one by one, all those who are invited, they make excuses as to why they can't come and be at the supper at this time. The servant goes back and reports to his master, and the master becomes very angry. And so he says, servant, go into the streets. Go to the poor, to the maimed, to the lame, to the blind. Go and find them, and you invite them and bring them in. And so he goes out and does so, and he returns to the master. And he says to the master, I did what you asked, and they've all come in, but there's still room in your house. So the father looks at the servant and he says, now go outside of the city. Go beyond. Go into the highways and the hedges. And go and invite all of those that they may come in and keep inviting them until my house is full. The fathers teach us that the master of the house that was providing this great supper is none other than God the Father. The servant that he sends at each stage of the game is his son, our Lord Jesus Christ, the person of the invitation to all the benefits of the supper. And then even beyond our Lord Jesus Christ, it becomes Christ through us. As God sends he, Christ through his church beyond all to the Gentiles and all over the world to give the invitation to this blessed invitation. And you see, the initial ones that God had already invited and sent Jesus Christ to go to first to say the supper is ready. In other words, the kingdom of God is drawn near to you. We're God's own people, the Hebrews. And many of them rejected the invitation. And then we know in the Gospels that our Lord Jesus Christ goes to the vilest of sinners. He goes to the poor. He goes to the maimed. He goes to the lame. And they all receive spiritual sight and healing and come in. And now he's gone to the Gentiles throughout the world. Through us. Even as we see beginning with St. Paul and all those missionary saints who would follow. What is this incredible invitation that Jesus is talking about to this great supper? What is it? We need to look at this for a few moments this morning. Let me tell you what St. Cyril of Alexandria says about this blessed invitation. He says, what is the nature of the invitation? Come, for look, all things are ready. God the Father has prepared in Christ gifts for all the inhabitants of the earth. Through Christ, he bestowed the forgiveness of sins. Through Christ, the cleansing away of all defilement. Through Christ. Communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Through Christ, our glorious adoption as children. And through Christ, all of the benefits of the kingdom of heaven bestowed upon us. This is the supper of the kingdom of God into which we all have come because we all have been invited and we said yes. And at that supper, we are fed from our heavenly Father, the divine mercy of God. We're fed from our Heavenly Father, the healing power of God over all of our brokenness, spiritual, emotional, and even physical when He deems it time. And we receive power and glorious strength that He shares with us. This is what we sup on from this invitation that 
give you another angle from St. Ambrose on this blessed invitation. St. Ambrose says this, He invites both the good and the evil at the same time to enter in order to strengthen the good and to change the disposition of the wicked for the better. That saying was ready to, read today is fulfilled. Then wolves and lambs will feed together. He summons the poor, the maimed, and the blind. By this he shows us that handicaps and human weaknesses do not exclude anyone from the kingdom of heaven. And that the Lord's mercy forgives the weakness of every sinner. Whoever glories in the Lord glories as one redeemed from reproach. Not by works, but by faith in the work of God. He sends them into the highways because wisdom sings aloud in the passages. He sends them into the streets because he sent them to sinners so that they should come from the broad paths to the narrow way that leads to life. If I were to sum up the invitation given by our Lord Jesus Christ, the invitation that's in this parable as spoken of by these two fathers... I would sum it up with these words. Come in, all of you who dwell in chaos and blindness of heart. Come in, all of you who are incomplete and wounded. Come in, you who are the vilest of sinners. Come into the ark of salvation and be saved from the chaos and destruction that this world constantly brings to pass. Come in. And I will exchange your burdened and heavy conscience with a peace-filled mind. I will take your disordered thoughts and your passions. And I will give an order to your very being that will finally bring contentment to your soul. Come in just as you are and I will cleanse you. And I will renew you. And I will make you whole again. That's the invitation. And my friends, if there was ever a time that the church must bear within itself and live out this grand invitation where the church is being called to be the ark of salvation in the midst of surrounding destruction and chaos. Is it not right now? But for us to be the ark of salvation, to bear the imprint of this invitation within us and offer it to others, we have to live and demonstrate to this world that we are truly citizens of only one country. Citizens of the kingdom of God who have experienced all of these benefits that we've just talked about and that the fathers have mentioned to us. We must be a people who submit their lives so entirely and completely to God alone, not to all of the movements, political and social, on both sides. Not to submit to the winds that are blowing hearts and emotions left and right and causing great disturbance within our soul. But we submit to God and God alone and the ways and the laws and the regulations of his kingdom so that we may experience all of them. And so that the world can see what it's like inside this blessed kingdom. And I have, I'll say that, I have a confession to make to you, my brothers and sisters. That this week was horrible for me. And I tell you it was horrible by my own choice. By my own fault. And as we say, by my own grievous fault. This week I did something that 
things I've encouraged you not to do and things I've encouraged you to do. I did the opposite this week. Something I haven't done throughout all of this situation with the COVID virus and now all of the great divisions in our nation and the struggles that we see and the violence around us. I'll tell you what I did and didn't do. Number one, I prayed a lot less this week. I let my guard down. Next thing I did to add fuel to the fire is I looked at and read way too much news. And I paid way too much attention to everyone's incredibly ridiculous social media posts on all sides of every issue. I got sucked into that swamp, letting all of that come in and being a lesser man of prayer. And as we saw this uptick in the virus that is very real because of people's irresponsibility, my heart sank at the virus continuing to spread more at this time because I had been so encouraged up to that point because even as we've opened things up, things were getting a lot better and I found great discouragement in my heart. The, the results of all of this is that like St. Peter, when he was walking on the water with Christ and his eyes fixed on Christ when he did that, he was above the circumstances and at peace with his Lord. Well, what did he do? He took his eyes off and he looked back into the winds and the waves that caused disturbance in his soul. And he started to fear his life. And what did he do? He sank down started to drown again. I drowned this week. I drowned this week. Because my eyes got off of Christ and onto the ridiculousness of this world. And because of that, I encountered for the first time in all of this mess, I started to encounter anxiousness. I started to encounter fears and worries and anger. All of these things which our Lord has so faithfully protected me of as long as I remained in Him. And all of a sudden, I've got all of these things going on in my life. And the result was that by the end of the week, I was exhausted of all of this. I was exhausted of all of this with no energy and joy. Joy was a great far distance from me until the end of the week. And if, any of the, if anyone in this world had looked upon my life or known my thoughts, there would have been no imprint of an invitation to all the benefits of the kingdom of God that we have mentioned this morning to be seen. And that, my friends, is where the conviction began for me. And I've witnessed that many in our parish are struggling in these same ways during this time. We have an answer. There is an answer to this. Since we are called to bear within us that imprint of this great and divine invitation to all of these blessings of God's kingdom, the answer is the deep conviction that the Holy Spirit placed upon me that freed me by the end of the week. And so I share it with you. And first I read from St. Paul in his letter to the Romans in chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. We hear verse 1. We actually say it together in our Mass in the canon of the Mass. Listen to it. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy. The word holy means set apart from the world and set apart only to God. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now listen to these next words. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. 
patterns of this world, what everybody else is doing. Not turning to God, looking at all of the news, which you can't figure out what's real or not. Looking at everyone's blessed opinion on all the things that are going on, which you can't figure out what's right and what's wrong. That's conforming to the pattern of this world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect you see, the world, this present darkness, it does not need someone filled with Christ to think and act and react like they do. Because that just reinforces their chaos and their disorders, and it brings no healing to us nor to them. The key is to stop reading and listening, listening excessively to the news that comes from broken and chaotic minds that are unillumined by Christ in this world who do not and cannot see things the way God sees them. Don't listen and bow your emotions to them. What can they possibly offer you but frustrations not within yourself? And stop reacting. Whether internally getting angry and reacting or spreading it out there, that's what everybody else is doing. That's what the chaotic world is doing in great distress right now. Rather, rather than all of that, read and listen and take into yourself the news of the kingdom in which you really live. The kingdom of God. Be saturated with the news of the kingdom of God. Be someone who devours scripture because you are so hungry to hear the words of life that the Lord speaks directly to your soul as you read it. Don't read it like a novel. Read it like God is speaking to your soul in that moment and see what he has to say. Read the teachings or listen to the teachings of the Father. Turn on Ancient Faith Radio and many other ways that you can listen to the teachings of the Father. Feed your soul what brings delight to your soul. God and all his kingdom. And be a people of unceasing and unwavering prayer. Who are constantly fellowshipping with the God who wants to spend time with you. So that you can perceive all of these things that are going out, on out there from his perspective. So that we can perceive all things from the counsel of the divine holy trinity. And that will bring our hearts and keep us in peace and enjoying all the benefits of the kingdom of God. Why? Why all of this? So that not only your soul can be at peace, but, but that so that the world might see precisely what the invitation is. So that the world might see all of the great benefits that you're experiencing in the kingdom of God provided out of God's love for you. My friends, we, the body of Christ in the earth, the ark of salvation in the middle of this chaos and destruction right now. This is a time we must devote ourselves, our lives in this manner. My friends, we have fish that are going to want to be caught. In order to lower the net at the right time in the right place and at all times according to God's will, 
we must live in union and harmony with one another in him and enjoying all the fruits of the kingdom of God. It must happen. It must happen. Let the world see how different life is for a citizen in this kingdom. And I promise you that souls will come to its border wanting to taste supper that you've been invited to. Because we must be the ones that bear the imprint of the blessed invitation to the healing of every soul. In the name of the Father and the Son.